Welcome to Zero Credits, the show where this week we only talk about one thing, and that's what's going on right now. Pursuant to the events happening after the deaths of George Floyd, Tony McDade, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, among countless others, uh, we decided that today we would do a podcast, maybe a short one, uh, that would use our, our platform for some kind of good. Right. This isn't going to be a fun, jokey around episode like you might be used to coming from us. But we had multiple discussions throughout today on what is hashtag Blackout Tuesday about what we should do, maybe what's our responsibility as content creators on this day. And we landed somewhere between not doing anything at all and doing just a normal episode. Because clearly with what's going on right now, we couldn't do business as usual. Uh, we, we can't, we can't have a fun episode, like you said, but also uh, it's a pretty salient point that's been made a few times today is if you're participating in the in the blackout, either on social media or as a creative, and you refuse to say something, then in a way you're being implicit to the system that already exists. And we don't want to we don't want to be complicit to that system. So we're going to instead use our platform, uh, no matter how small or you know, big it is, no matter what the size it is to highlight some of the things that we can do uh, to help support the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests going on. And that's what this episode is going to be about. We're not going to discuss what's going on. We're going to discuss how we can help contribute to what's going on and help make a difference instead of just sitting on the sidelines like we've done before. And what I'd like to do, and this is just from a personal perspective, I'd like to uh, just say some, some places that I've given money to, uh, and I'd recommend people do the same. Some of these are going to be pretty local. Uh, so I'd recommend that people kind of do their research. Uh, but so far uh, I've donated to the Minnesota freedom fund uh, they exist to help bail out protesters uh, who have been arrested in the in the protests in, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, and St. Paul. Uh, I've also given to a, a local organization, 400 Plus One. Uh, I've also given to the uh, Texas ACLU. There's also a GoFundMe set up in Austin for Brad Levi Ayala. Uh, he was standing on the sidelines. He's 16 and he was hit in the head with a less lethal a less lethal projectile and is currently in the hospital uh and that's an example of one of the kind of ultra local ones that you can give to a more universal one is of course the southern poverty law center uh they're an organization that they're a nonprofit legal advocacy organization uh, they specialize in civil rights and public interest litigation and that's just some of the ones I've donated to. I, I hope to donate either time or money to some more in the future as I learn more. Uh, it's always an issue of doing your research first, but that's what I've tried to do so far. And I recommend other people, if they can, do the same. An organization that I've come across in the uh, 
recent days is an organization known as the Bail Project, which is a, a nationwide organization who helps fund people's bail and then using the money that they return, they get back from how bail works. They just keep funding bails one person at a time to help out people who can't afford bail. And, and this time we're, we're 4,000 people upwards of 4,000 people so far have been arrested at these protests for demonstrating just their first amendment right for, to gather and have free speech uh, they might not have access to bail money because of what we don't know. They kind of keep it under wraps how much bail is being, you know, is being posted. So you can donate to this larger organization and they organize on a, lo- on a local level to fund those people, get them back out on the streets and, uh, use the money that gets returned to continue doing their mission. So there's no wrong amount to give. There's no wrong way to go about it because the money isn't literally being spent, which is a very interesting way to run their nonprofit. And one thing that I would also like to add is I know that I said that I gave to the Minnesota freedom fund uh, and you're talking about the bail, the bail project. Uh, if anyone listening to this lives in a, a large metropolitan area where protests are currently happening, uh, which uh, if you live in a large metropolitan area, chances are uh, that they are happening. Uh, you're probably very close to this. Uh, I personally have friends who have been tear gassed and, and taking place in the protests, uh, either as active participants or, or legal observers. Uh Considering for those of us who aren't out there right now, we do have people that we know who are actively trying to make the world a a better place or a safer place for people who are protesting. If you have an organization locally uh, that is helping protesters or or assembling bail money or or providing supplies to them whatsoever, uh, I would make sure that you, you try to do your research, see what organizations in your area are doing that, and then give to them as well. Right. And donating is great because it can help foster this cause and make it go as far as it can. Uh, If you can't make it out to protest and make your voice heard, you can at least support monetarily and help out those who are on the front lines of this, this issue and who are risking their, their risking everything for a cause they believe in, you can at least help them monetarily and uh, keep keep everything moving forward. And of course, keep in mind, if, if you're not the kind of person who believes that you can get out there and protest, but you would like to get your feet on the ground in some way, uh, like I said, uh, you can be something like a legal observer if you want to be. Most metropolitan cities uh, have nonprofit legal organizations that will give you a training on how to be a legal observer. Uh, you might not complete that training by the time this round of protests is over. It's tough to say what their availability is like. But being a legal observer essentially means that you would uh, look out for abuses to people's rights on the ground, and then you would be uh, you would be a witness or you would provide any kind of testimony uh, if they needed to prove 
that any injurious or unjust actions were were taken against them in court. So that's something that's worth looking into as well. And if we're getting into what we can do as well, I, I don't know if we've ever really identified ourselves on the on the podcast, but as white allies, uh, a, a helpful person on Twitter has written a large thread about what can be done uh, by people like us, John. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and read it. We can donate to funds and support a hashtag Black Lives Matter. We can fund the phone lines and email boxes of our elected officials, demand a policy change to defund the criminal organizations we call police departments, demand legislation that demilitarizes police departments and requires immediate firing of police involved in incidents dealing with race, demand that our tax dollars and our city's money do not go to representing or paying for the lawyers of police that engage and racist acts or violence. <clears throat> Have a hard conversation with that ignorant friend or family member. Their silence makes them complicit in the murders of hundreds of black people every year by the hands of the people we pay to protect us. Support a black business. 303 Magazine just posted a, local, a list of local Denver black-owned businesses. Uh, share the post of our mutual struggle. It says to us, we see you, we hear you, you are not alone. Take a moment and recognize your own prejudices. We all have them, spit them out, and make consistent effort to change. Don't call on your black friends to educate you. They are dealing with enough right now. Checking in with them and showing them love helps, but check your white guilt at the door. Listen and accept the inconvenient truth of our country's violent, oppressive, and murderous history carried out by your ancestors. You need to taste it, feel it, know it, so that this struggle becomes real to you. And finally, breathe. This is a long battle. This is a revolution. And if you're in, you're in till the end. Know that we are not alone. All around the world, they protest with us. Together we rise, and through our uni unity, the system will fall. Zah. And Zah is the name of the person who posted that. Yeah, I, I think all of those are really good points. Uh, one thing that I, I would like to say is there are a lot of people out there trying to educate themselves right now. Um, and there are a lot of really good books on the topic. Uh, one thing that I did kind of want to say is that there's kind of a, a run on certain anti-racist books by black authors right now. Uh, really popular examples are Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist and Rennie Edo Lodge's Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Uh, those were kind of top of the reading lists for a lot of, um, for a lot of kind of uh, posts about anti-racist reading lists. Uh, one thing that I will say is since there's a run on those books and, and limited printings, there are some resellers who are price gouging those up to something like 50 or $60 right now. Uh, just keep in mind, if you can't get a copy of the anti-racist book that's specifically listed on, on something that might have come across your socials, you don't necessarily have to stick to that list. Uh, there's 
a lot of reason during this time, even if you you can't crack into an anti-racist book, just to look into books of fiction and short stories and short story collections uh, by Black authors just for some perspective. Uh, if that's something that's more your speed in these times and you're you're not you're either not able to emotionally or monetarily uh, open one of the more popular anti-racist books that people are talking about right now. And educating yourself is another way to get close to this issue and to see just how long and widespread it's been, especially in our country's history. Um, just in recent years, like we talked about Watchmen, the HBO Watchmen series, and how it brought the the Tulsa incident, the Black Wall Street incident back into the into the national limelight. And now we're witnessing not a resurgence of that, but an echo of that in these police brutality incidents. And so it, it it's never really gone away. We've just become less noticed. We're, we're noticing it less, or we were before this point. And educating yourself is protection against not noticing. So the more you can read up on this, the more you can make it personal or close to you, the, the easier it will be for this to stick around and for real change to happen. And, and maybe one of the last things that I'll talk about, or maybe the last thing that I'll talk about is educating yourself is important. And, and like we said, it's, it's very easy for this stuff to not bubble up in the mainstream media. So it's not like we forget it's happening, but if we, if we implicitly blind ourselves to what's happening, it can kind of go on the back burner. And the last thing that I would want to happen is for everyone listening to this and everyone participating uh, who are not directly involved in the struggle to have to have civil rights and human rights and justice exist in their mind exactly as long as they cared about South Korean movies after the last Oscars. I don't want it to just be a thing that happens because of the zeitgeist that people get an interest in. I'd like it to be something that people continue to care about. Uh, very high quality follows either watch their live streams or, or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you can. The first one is unicorn riot. Uh, unicorn riot is an organization that's been around since 2015. Uh, they're a nonprofit organization that specifically exists uh, to cover things that the mainstream media isn't. Uh, they're pretty much completely unbiased. They've done fantastic work from 2015 to now. Uh, covering riots, covering protests, covering police brutality. In fact, they first rose to prominence of another uh, police murder of an innocent black man in Minneapolis five years ago. Uh, so this, in a lot of ways, is an echo of what they started doing. Uh, but I would follow them where you can. Uh, it's one of the only ways where you can actually see uh, what the protests are doing to people, uh, what the police response is doing to people's minds and to people's bodies. Once again, Unicorn Riot, follow them. Uh, there's also Bellingcat, uh, B-E-L-L-I-N-G-C-A-T. I think that's an Aesop's fable or something uh, they got their name from. Uh, but they're an organization uh, that is pretty much wholly dedicated to the truth 
Uh, they have a really dedicated team of people uh, who scrub through and analyze video footage and try to obtain as much information as they can about pretty significant world events. Uh, so even though it's a little bit drier, I think Bellingcat is definitely something you should follow as well to just stay informed in, in the coming days because we can't all just open CNN or WAPO or the Huffington Post and assume what they're telling us is going to be the truth. Most of the truly awful stuff that's happening right now on the ground during the protests is not even being touched on by those organizations. Another good resource that I have found is directly coming from people on the ground. Uh, Never before has have so many people just taken to filming what's happening and putting it on Twitter and just scrolling through Twitter. You can just see firsthand what's going on. And so I don't have any specific lists or, or users to follow just maybe follow the hashtag black lives matter and just witness for yourself what's happening. And after you're done watching it, share it, repost it, you know, bring attention to it so that more people can see it. Cause you're absolutely right, John, the, the mainstream media is not giving an attention to the right places. They're not covering the full picture. Um, but we can at least get the side that's being silenced through these videos recorded by people who are actually there. You can get the firsthand account and see for yourself what's happening. And I would say to your point about sharing what you can, Twitter is a fantastic resource for this as it pretty much always is uh, when times are as fluid as they are right now when events uh, are as influx. Twitter is a great resource if you curate your feed. Uh, one thing that I will say, and this is particularly relevant to how we started this podcast and the day this podcast is is be re- being recorded on hashtag Blackout Tuesday. Uh, the idea that people would uh, would go dark and, and not post and not be creative during this time. Uh, to that end, a lot of people are choosing not to engage on social media whatsoever today, and I think that is a mistake. Because I feel like there are kind of two camps of people. There's a camp of people who are being intentionally silent uh, because they they do not agree with the cultural movement towards uh, civil rights and, and correcting uh, human rights injustices, um, or they're in cho- or they're choosing to be ignorant, uh, which is a, a choice. And then I feel like there's a camp that I found myself in in the early days, which are people who are afraid to make a statement because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing, even though their heart is in the right place. Uh, There is a significant contingent there, but just keep in mind, uh, your silence speaks volumes. Choosing not to say anything is choosing to say something. Even though you're not posting, you are sending a message. So if there's anything you can do to boost the signal of causes you care about or people you care about, uh, please, please do so. Uh, but unless it's a resource, don't use hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, right. That's been covered, but don't do that. Yeah. Um, and if you if you can't find the words to say, like if, if you know, we, we talk about not being silent, 
it's not about saying something yourself. All you have to do is share information that others are, are saying and, and, and highlighting it, boosting it, giving more voices, just adding your voice to the voices that are already saying something. We don't expect everyone to be profound speakers. I mean, we're just, this whole episode is basically just telling you about what other people are doing. And that's got power behind it in and of itself, because the more people that are saying these things, the more into the zeitgeist it gets. And that's how that's things entering a national consciousness or even a global consciousness is how change happens. When it becomes an idea becomes so ubiquitous, it's everywhere. You can't deny it. That's when even like the most stubborn people have to give way because the voices are just so loud. And that's the, that's the, the aim of not being silent. It's not to make it about yourself or relate it to your life. It's about boosting the signal of other people and making their stories come through with as much power as we can possibly muster. And, and that's what we're trying to do with uh, this episode. And we're trying to encourage anyone who hears it to do that too. join the conversation, even if it's just by hitting the retweet or the share button. And and I mean this genuinely and seriously, every second that passes, everything that you do, even if it's nothing is a choice. So every second you have a choice, And the only thing that I'm asking you to do is to choose to do something. And that's going to be different for everybody, but just don't do nothing. And I think that's a pretty good sentiment uh, to leave this on. We weren't going to draw this episode out any longer than it needed to be. And I think, you know, we've, We've said what we've needed to say, and I think it's time for us to make way for some of those more important voices right now. Yeah, I, I agree. So we're not going to plug our social media or anything like that, um, because that's, that's not why we're here. Uh, I think we're just going to leave you with another sort of somber moment of silence and let the episode kind of just end 